Cool. Okay. It's not a bad connection speed I got. What? Oh, you got a you got one or you don't got one? I got a pretty yeah, I got a pretty good speed. I got oh. pretty good ups on my down links with my up and downs and my pudding pops. Oh. That was a nice Cosby. You Thank get a you. gold star. You get a gold star, man. I do what I can. <laughs> Which is everything. Oh. It's so hard to be Jeff Holbrook. I just got a text. Uh, um, number one, the text that I got, the E in my name has an accent, a goo. And it also says that uh, Marty and Noel are 45 minutes from Athens. All right. Good to know. <laughs> Let the lactating cat pheromones commence. What? <laughs> Yep. Explain, so, Jeff. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, um, in the house that I'm staying in, uh, there are uh, there's a really skittish uh, cat. And to help calm this feral cat down, they have a device in their house um, that will emit the smell of a lactating mother cat. <laughs> so, And that's a good thing. It calmed me down, I got to tell you. <laughs> I wonder if that that uh, that lactating pheromone like works on all species. Like obviously not like cats for humans, but I wonder. Right. I wonder if that's a, if that's a calming thing. I don't know, but in T minus forty four minutes, if we have an interruption in the podcast, <laughs> it's because my hosts have returned to the place that they live and own, and are letting me do a podcast in. Yeah, uh, whatever. So, that's so there you go. Whatever. Not yeah. the part about letting you, but like. Wanting to come home. They wandered. They wandered through a couple of other podcasts, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Probably did, knowing Marty. It's anyway, tradition but, now. Yeah, but we digress. Hello, because once again Hello. we're in our um, Tri City setup. We yep. are in our Tri City setup to remain for a while, I suppose. Uh, although Aaron, I did see you today in the same city, but not to podcast, nope. which is hilarious. Passing through. <laughs> So I should do the usual spiel. For those of you just joining us, this is uh, Art Technique Podcast. Uh, you probably figured that out by now. Podcast about the intersection of art and technology, where we talk about art and technology and how they intersect. Uh, I am Jeff Holbrook, and joining us from Stone Mountain is... Aaron Gottlieb. I'm a puppeteer. And... Ah, yes. And from Kentucky? Uh, this is Adam Montague in the Bluegrass State. Oh, I thought you were going to say you had like a band behind you. Oh. <laughs> if Adam Montague and Bluegrass Frontier back in the It wouldn't up. surprise if you, me if Adam had a backup band at like just random. Well, there is an entire wall of instruments behind me. So um, mm-hmm. if, if there's any movement going on behind me, it'll probably be the custodial staff again coming in to check on things. So, <laughs> Oh, that's good. I don't have the budget for a band. <laughs> as long as we all run the risk of somebody barging into our recording session, I think it's an equal opportunity and fair game. Yeah. All right, good. This, one, this one's got a little danger behind it. <laughs> danger. So what have you all been doing? Because... Uh, I've been knee-deep in performance workshops. Well, I had an audition today for a, a commercial, and uh, I had to leave the academy that I'm directing to do it, which was so, nice of them to let me go. So everything fell apart, of course, while you were yeah, gone, Yeah, right? uh, there, was, there was revolt, there were riots, there were uh, screaming and, and bodies strewn everywhere. Um, you know, the usual. Uh, that was just movement class, waka, waka, waka. <laughs> 
but yeah, no, I had an audition today, and it was weird because it was a it, there was a little bit of improvisation, and film improvisation is a little different than theatrical improvisation. And man, I I bombed it. I was <laughs> awful. Oh gosh, was um, it was it like too big? Were you talking too much? Like, what was the? What, why do you I, feel? I, yeah, what was it? Uh, well, I still haven't figured out why I feel things yet. I'm working on that. What was, um, was the film improv uh, and the reasons it failed any similar to the way we uh, are failing on po- podcast prov right now by interrupting each other constantly? Maybe <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, um, except I couldn't think of things to say. Okay. And uh, that's actually not a, a really big deal. It, it was just hard to come up with a an activity to do with this scene partner of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had kind of a bad introduction with this gentleman because uh, we sit down and... Uh, he throat-punched you. Know, you. <laughs> well, he... Only metaphorically. theatrically. <laughs> metaphorically, yeah. I mean, he metaphorically throat-punched me. Uh, and it was not cool. It was not cool at all. In fact, it, it reminds me of another improv experience I had, but I, I digress. Yeah. Um, so I, I was there, and I sit down at the audition, and these things are weird because... You usually don't know who you're auditioning with, even though Atlanta's a small town, you know, in a in that sense, in the regards of the pool that's available. You usually still don't know who you're auditioning with. So I never met this guy. I find out his name, I give him my name, and we talk for a little bit. I try and figure out what's his thing, what's he do, you know, and uh he gives me a, an answer that is appropriately like about him because I asked what he does, but there's this little tinge of of self involvement that I can't quite quantify but i'm like something's not entirely (laughs) great about this answer and i can tell and so we talk for a little bit and then go back to sitting and reading doing our own thing and then we're called up to audition together and he then asks me my name not like what's your name again or hey i forgot what's your name but what's your name as if we had not just discussed this (laughs) right right as if the lady also who called us up to audition had not just said both of our names (laughs) wow Right. Well, That's I don't, okay. I don't he's have working to, on his feature. Yeah, I don't have to bother learning your name. I mean, you're just the uh, you know the dummy that I'm auditioning against, right? Right. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. And it was like it was like so you know, he's like he's like so what do you do? He's like blah blah blah. You know, I write. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You write. He goes well. I don't like to do it. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, anyway, <laughs> what do you write? And he's like, well, uh, I'm writing this feature. I'm writing this feature for this uh, uh, you know to go after this series. You know, and I go, oh, cool. Is it something you're self-producing or something you're looking to sell? And he goes, um, well, we're producing it. We're already producing it. Taking the word self out of it. But I'm like, I think you're self-producing, which is fine. Like, cause that's sure. what we do. But I'm just like, relax, man. <laughs> quit, quit trying to like <laughs> impress or bluster me. It's like, dude, yeah. relax. <laughs> I ain't never heard of you. You ain't never heard of me. Clearly, we're not <laughs> doing as well as either of us because <laughs> we're <laughs> are <here>. imagining <laughs> in our minds, right? Yeah. And so we go into the room and we audition, and I just I felt a little thrown under the bus. Now I should have come with you know more ideas right away. Yeah. But I just felt like he was doing his thing, I was doing my thing, and never the twain and shall meet. There was. Yes, yes, and you encounter that a lot in movie stuff, because uh, a lot of times you are shooting your side of things, and they're shooting their side of things, and the twain only meet in editing, and in this case, huh. it was like, dude, we're right next to each other. Wow. I guess that's Come something, on. I guess that's something I knew, I understood, that you know, you film those 
two sides of the conversation separately, but I guess I never thought about how it could potentially throw or sabotage another actor. <laughs> My career? <laughs> Your career. <laughs> it's been very weird being the screenwriter for this orientation video series I've been doing for Georgia Perimeter, uh, where I've been at several of the shoots, and I've seen what got shot and what the performers did, and I still have absolutely no idea how any of them are gonna like actually come out, be done when mm-hmm. they finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, okay, I sort of see the jigsaw puzzle pieces, but I'm working without a box top to, <laughs> to check them again. <laughs> right, right. And so it's, I still yeah. hope that they're gonna be great, but you know, yeah, it's kind of like that thing. I and I don't remember what like director or celebrity like uh, in some interview was like being accused of you well you know you make uh, these bad movies here and then every once in a while you make a good one like you seem to alternate you know something that maybe critically or financially doesn't do as well and then you've got like this blockbuster and the actor or director's response i can't remember which was something to the effect of well you know, nobody really sets out to do a bad movie. <laughs> like everybody, you know, everybody that everybody that's working on it from their end, yeah, you you know, and sometimes if you're the actor and you're not, you know, looking at dailies and, you know, seeing what it looks like or even, you know, what the final product is going to look like after they put filters and all these other things on it. You know, you have no concept and you're sort of putting your trust in somebody else's hand of mm-hmm. what the final product is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you get rehearsal and sometimes you don't. And when you get rehearsal, it's all about the camera blocking and stuff. And the the weird, weird thing is when you're used to going into a rehearsal room and kind of having total information about the play and the story, and you get to see what everyone else's work is and what they're trying to do in a play, whenever you go on set, um, number one, you may not have all of your script, either due to it doesn't exist or confidentiality, right? Like, we can't give you all the script, but we can give you this one page or whatever. Yeah. Um, but even if you're in the room when they're rehearsing things and you're supposedly in the same scene together, um, the actions, unless you are doing a, a dialogue scene between two people where you are standing next to each other, the actions in their rehearsal are so small. And even in that case, if you're doing it and, and they're shooting one person's coverage and another's, right? Uh, the actions are so small in the rehearsal because it's so close for camera if you're standing off, you know, behind the director, unless you're looking at monitor, if you can get access to it, you have no idea really what they're doing. Sure. You kind of know what they're doing, but largely it's like, okay, I think when this person tilts their head, you know, one half degree to the left, I think something, I think that maybe matches up with this word. I don't know. I can't tell. Right. It's uh, so weird. And speaking of like those fine little things, I uh, I watched um, this weekend, which I hadn't seen, I think, since the movie came out, uh, Gangs of New York with Daniel mm-hmm. Day-Lewis. Because Daniel Day-Lewis is such a fascinating creature to watch on screen just because there are so many little things that he does. I know we've talked about uh, There Will Be Blood on here before and like, mm-hmm. you know, the blocking of a scene. But he's just... He's just amazing to watch. I was, it was on Bravo, so it had, you know, a commercial every five minutes, but, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you know, it, he, he brought me back every time it came back and they'd show Bill the Butcher. I was back in it. <laughs> and, and in fairness, I was also pretty hopped up on a pint of chubby hubby, a couple <laughs> shots of bourbon, and, uh, I was, I was eating a package. I was eating a package of dried figs as well. Like I was <laughs> not ginger. Oh my god, hedonism bot. Yeah. I would love to buy things and cocaine. <laughs> you saw him play Obama, well, right? 
What? You saw Daniel Day-Lewis oh. appear as yes. Obama, yes. <laughs> we were thinking of um, uh, the decadent uh, bot, and yes. we were confused. I was like, you saw Heat and the bot play Obama, right? <laughs> no, no, Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis. Change, you can't believe in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw that. It was very funny. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Um, it, was, it was a great movie. But, yeah. Okay, articles. Oh yeah, <laughs> as, articles. As everybody not literally everybody Everyone's turned like, mm. everybody turned their head away as if we all went to sleep simultaneously. <laughs> like looking at the video feed, everybody went uh and sleep. Power down. Power down. <laughs> I, I articles. I got I got one little thing that I want to throw out there. This was a story I saw that um you know that uh app Snapchat? Yes. You know, you, I know of it. I've not used it though. I, I haven't but used I it, it either. It There's a, a lot of the interns here use it. They were throwing it around that first day. But... Oh, they just use it to sext each other. <laughs> That's all they do. Um, and uh, yeah, Snapchat apparently has gone through a couple of updates, and they're trying to uh, um, um, revitalize, I guess, to, <laughs> of course, try to get away from that image of the sexting app and that sort of thing. And so they're refining mm-hmm. they're refining a little bit and trying to make the 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 inner uh, play with the the program not to be quite as shady and sketchy. However, mm-hmm. uh they've renamed it like, you know, sometimes when they put out a new version like um, um the new operating system of Mac like it's called Maverick. You know, like they name something, they christen it. Well, the new right. the new Snapchat uh incarnation is called Banquo. <laughs> Like from Shakespeare, really? like from Macbeth, like Banquo. And what does that make you think of based on what our interpretation of, or sorry, our, our perception of Snapchat? And then you throw out a reboot, a rebrand like Banquo. Just, just run with that for a second, boys. <laughs> my initial response, like my just gut was like that it was a weird mispronunciation of Bangkok. And all of the CD, like <laughs> all of the stories about what, can you, what you can get away with in Bangkok. And you know what One Night in Bangkok will do? Finish it. It'll make a tough man tumble. <laughs> Hard man crumble. For me, when and I... other things. Yeah. When I heard it, like, I was just thinking, well, Banquo, he was, what? He was Macbeth's friend, but look what happened to him? <laughs> like, <laughs> is that... <laughs> things turned out well for everyone in that play. Right. Everyone. everyone. Out very well. And so, yeah, here, oh, these geez. are my friends that I interact with with this app. And, uh, you know, play with me on Snapchat and you'll die. I, I can't wait to banquo you later. Mm, Is mm, he the mm. one that appears at the feast as a ghost later on? He does. All covered in blood. Okay, so. Yeah. Isn't oh, the little Snapchat logo the little smiley, sticky out tongue ghost thing? <laughs> yes, and that was their... <laughs> so they've that named was him their- Banquo? I guess that that was their defense and explanation as to why they called it Banquo because of the little. I like that you use the word defense. (laughs) Defense in talking about you say defense and then explanation in talking about (laughs) a product's name. I'd love to see that little um, uh, uh, meeting with the press. Okay, this is our defense and this is our explanation. (laughs) (laughs) Banquo. Run with whichever one. Gone. That was it. I just thought it was a funny name. (laughs) That is weird. Banquo. Um, The other article that I have... It actually superimposes uh, images of blood over every photo you receive. The the other article that I had was... uh, There uh, was a show, and I know I saw this show. Um, It aired uh, originally... Wait, wait. Uh, It originally aired in uh, England. 
uh, United Kingdom. But I feel if, if I did not see the original, like, broadcast on PBS, then I saw, like, the Nickelodeon sort of um, uh, version <laughs> okay. of this game. Okay, and so there was this game called Nightmare, Okay, and it was uh, it used like blue screen, like green green screen technology, which was like brand new in 1984. And um, and so the premise was you were called into like this like night's dungeon and there was a host and you called on your team to help you navigate the dungeon. And so what they did was they uh, for the person that was playing the game, they put on this knight's helmet, which completely blocked and obscured their vision. And then they would stand facing like a blue screen, green screen. And your friends would give you, I think you had up to three friends, <laughs> would give you commands on how to navigate the computer like animated and hand you know computer painted uh, images that were coming your way like you might be going down a hallway and maybe boulders are coming your way so they would say like move to the left and so you would move to the left to you know avoid the boulder rolling on the right uh -huh. side of the hallway or uh, and, but there were also like things that you could grab uh, grab in the environment like they would say you know reach up to your right and you would touch like the turkey leg or the the magic potion and so you could collect potions that you could use as well and there were also like sometimes word games thrown in where you'd have to like unscramble a word but again it was people on the outside watching the video monitor and and then from the uh, the their perspective and from the person watching at home, they were watching somebody walk down. And I'm doing air quotes. Uh -huh. Walk down um, like a computer generated hallway. And so, what was the, this called again? It was called Nightmare. And they did like okay. they did eight seasons of it. And I. And I, I watched a couple of clips of it online, and it, even just describing it, it sounds like a couple of shows that were maybe on Nick, Nickelodeon back in the late 80s. Mm -hmm, that video Nick game Arcade. show I'm, I'm thinking of. Yeah. Nick Arcade, yeah. Nick Arcade, there yeah, was yeah. One so that I think was more specifically what Adam's talking about. And I can't. Yeah. Oh, okay. like it's, it's just, you know, tickling the back yeah. neurons of my brain. And so, again, I yeah, I my memory, my brain is not confirming whether I saw <laughs> the original series or some version of it but anyway so this game existed and there are a group of three friends right now that are i think it's a kickstarter campaign i have to double check my notes um where they mm -hmm. are trying to create a live stage version that they are going to premiere at the edinburgh fringe this year oh cool i just yes go, go ahead i go just ahead. saw a uh, stage game show experimental piece at atlanta fringe had nothing to do with video games. In fact, it was actually a 70s throwback, and it was called Piles of Crap. And all of the games were built from uh, thrift store finds. Um, mm -hmm. Like, it was one round where you had to sort socks, and every correct pair you got into these sock drawers that they had found at a thrift store, you know, counted for points. <laughs> and there was a, mm -hmm. a balloon pop, and... Um, one called Crapshoot, where you had to throw random crap through some hula hoops hanging off of chains. <laughs> and the gimmick of the show part, I mean, you know, we all got into the playing the game show and, you know, being that 70s audience. Um, but where the, like, stage scripty part really came in was the prize presentations were these piles of loosely associated thrift store finds and so whoever won the round 
had to pick between, you know, unintentionally patriotic or Disney's lost princess. And <laughs> based on what they picked, they would get this armful of random thrift store finds that they then had to like carry back to the audience up this horrendously precarious uh, row of stairs. <laughs> um, and it was surprisingly like, it was just weird and fun and, and silly. Oh, See, I like, I feel game shows, you know, they, I, first off, I think like America invented game shows, I think. I mean, we, we seem to be the people that kind of innovated in a lot of like television areas. I don't know if this is true, but I'm just going to say, <laughs> I think the United States created game shows. And I we really... We were the first country to fry a game show. F- fry a game Go show? On. We fry everything. We're American. Never mind. Oh, gotcha. I, I'm just trying to derail with a one-liner. <laughs> Sorry. The, I didn't know if it was like some tech term. I didn't know. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, and I feel they really like hit a peak like in the 70s and 80s. You know, you had like, um, you know, don't press your luck and like uh, the match oh, yeah. game was so fun and like Liars Club and like, you know, nowadays it's all like these very cold and, you know, like, you know, you pick a suitcase or, you know, you poll a hundred people. You know what I mean? Like it just, it doesn't have the, the wacky of what I feel all of these 70s and 80s things did. Yeah. I don't know. Well, wackiness is a very analog thing. Okay. I associate wackiness with Muppets and non-digital Muppets. Non-digital know? Muppets. There are digital and, Muppets, and, and so he's got a fair se- stance right. to say that. I had to, right. I had to be specific. Yeah. Um, but the 70s, um, I imagine, they... they <laughs> They look like in the documents of record that I have seen. I was to there. Be a more tactile kind of time. <laughs> I was like there for nine textured. months. Oh, oh that's yeah. right. You were. I was. Everything feels textured. <laughs> you know, like in the in the design aesthetic. Yeah. It's like yeah, things look wallpaper. soft, squishy, textured, yeah. round. I mean, they. Uh, the, yeah, half the time the wallpaper was like carpeting. <laughs> like everything, <laughs> right. everything was carpeted or covered right. in like that burlapy. You know, texture pushpin material. <laughs> now, now, that's my skin you're talking about. <laughs> but so yeah, so it just—it's this fun thing. I did double check; it is on Kickstarter. Uh, so if you want to send them some money, they're raising funds right now to go to the Edinburgh Fringe. And um, mm-hmm. depending upon what level you give, and some it's as low as thirty dollars, um, you'll be able to uh, get or win for your support. Uh, basically, the props they're using in the show. So you mm-hmm. know, uh, people that bid higher, I think, will get the helmet that they use in the stage show. They're apparently building a lot of puppets as well too, because if I remember, there are like. Like, you know, a ghoulie will jump out from behind a door or something to try and stop you. So, again, it's it's not going to be like a um, uh, virtual reality. Like, uh, that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to create a theatrical version of this game show that will play out each night in front of an audience. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Have I ever told you guys about, uh, I think it was called Future Shock? Um this weird prank that turned into an elaborate um, stage theatrical video experience. Mm, talk about it. There, okay, so the prank was these guys took a friend's brother's Facebook page, right when Facebook was sort of new and um, uh, unknown in a lot of ways, and they searched through the Facebook photos that the brother had posted. Um, And so 
they made this photo album of his life and dropped it off on his front door with like a note that said, uh, to the man who saved the future. Um, <laughs> That's and great, left yeah. it on his front door without any further explanation except a puzzle on the back page that was a uh, random made-up date. Um, and so the premise being that uh, this kid was going to save the future, and therefore he had an, uh, a biography about him, and that they were <laughs> delivering the biography from the future to the past so that he would know about his, his destiny. Um, that sounds like it violates time travel 101, but go on. <laughs> Unless they were meant to go back, and so that he becomes oh, gosh. aware. Are you on the Hawking side of time travel? Is that I'm, where you're at? If are there you is on the Hawking side or the Doc Brown side, look. If there are ever sides to be picked, I will always be on the Doctor Stephen Hawking side. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. Continue, Aaron. Um, and so that was that was going to be the extent of the prank is that they were going to be like, "Hey, this thing showed up from your own future." Ha ha ha. We're never going to explain it to you. You're going to live the rest of your life wondering how a stranger put together a photo album of your life. Um, but the kid like solved the puzzle and figured out the date. And the bro- the older brother who was friends with the guys who had done the prank was like, he's like waiting for this date to happen now. And uh, so they decided, and they're like, uh-uh. oh, well, we should we should do something on that that day that we assigned to him. And so it was like two years later and they delivered another message um, with more elaborate instructions and more elaborate (laughs) stuff. And they thought that was sort of going to be the end of it. Um, And so the guy, the actual the one receiving all of the stuff, started sort of making notation about what was going on in his life and how he had become the savior of the future. And... Uh, it just got more and more elaborate, and the more he played along, the more they decided to keep seeding the 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 program until at one point he gets a call from his supposed best friend from the future, who's now come back in time because it's all about to go down, and you need to get a bus ticket to this city like right now, and he got met at this <laughs> bus depot in this other city, and he was wow whipped around the city by this group of basically they became environmental actors for a one man show um, all about him and or one audience member show. But at the end of it, they led him to this theater that they had completely rigged out and rehearsed the big climactic time battle. (laughs) And so he got shoved on stage to this roaring house of an audience and had to sort of puzzle his way through live this elaborate final battle scenario they had set up for him. And it involved a time portal where he was then sent back in time to be the one to drop the photo album on his own doorstep and things. <laughs> cool. And, and it, it's this amazing blog, and I'm going to post it because I, mean, I haven't read yeah. it in a year or so, and so I'm probably messing up some of the details. But just the project fascinates me in a its accidentalness and be yeah. its elaborate actual pulling it off uh completion um and i've always wanted since reading this to figure out how to how to how to do the future shock how to find somebody 
that I have a, a weak link with that I can initiate this that would play along. Um, uh-huh. Now, did he, before the moment in the theater, did he piece together that it was a game? I think he knew I'm trying to gauge from his the beginning. excitement or disappointment. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he ever fully believed that he was getting deliveries from the future. Yeah, um, I I would I would at least at least I would struggle I would want to I would struggle with that question and here and here's why and I know I've told you two before this uh, this about when I was a kid um, and uh, if people and I'm talking like six to ten years old like that's the age range <laughs> um, it, walking through the mall or any like crowded area if people were staring in my direction for too long. Um, <laughs> This is what my brain came up with. They are travelers from the future. And in the future, uh, something that you can do as sort of a tour or a vacation is you can go back in time and observe historical figures, you know, before they sort of broke out, you know, and became like the big thing. Uh-huh. And so uh, I imagine that these were like tours from the future come back in time to see me as a child because I was going to do some epic, you know, world changing thing. Podcast podcast it begins now yeah and so yeah i remember clearly having this thought as a child um and so if i had received that future shock thing oh i'd say anytime uh, maybe up to 10 years ago (laughs) i would have totally thought it was a book from the future i think he certainly was willing to want to believe but i don't think he really deep deep down believed all the way through my problem is I have you guys as friends. I always knew that uh, I've always known I'll die alone. No, I've always knew when I was a kid because I, I, I would get so mad at. I think Aaron and I had this discussion once. I would get so mad at uh, time travel movies where time was wasted because all the don't believe kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And like, so I made like a deal with myself when I was a little bitty that I was like, okay, yeah. if I show up and it's me, I don't know if we're gonna have a code or what. But I was like, okay. I'm going to go for it because I'm going to travel back to the past and, and hang out with me at some point to do something. And I think Aaron expressed a similar idea once, and we're, we decided that... Jeff is my one emergency us... contact person in any alternate dimensions I may end up in. Because <laughs> I'll just go for it. <laughs> now, like, all right. speaking of uh, time travel contingency plans, and this was a question <laughs> I used to ask my friends, and I, I have gotten away from it because Title, it... Title, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I, I'll just say it briefly, uh, in it, and in the nicest way possible. <laughs> if if you traveled back in time and encountered yourself, and I'm going to say age 18 and older, okay, because it just gets weird. Uh, would you yeah. make out with your younger self? Like, because it's you, <laughs> it's totally you. So, I mean, talking about, you know, self-love and whatever, I don't know, um, except, uh, yeah, and, and we can go beyond make out if that's what you want to do. But I'm just saying, if you had the opportunity and went back in time, would you do anything with your 18 and older self? Oh, man, I would ruin myself. They would need dental records. No, <laughs> I would not. <laughs> Now, here's no, the thing. I would, I would not. I, no. I asked I, this, and I've never, I don't think I've ever not, had anybody no. say yes. And I asked the question, but I think I've only answered it to one person. 
<laughs> and so so you can answer it yourself in your own brain right now, however you wish. If you would like uh, to answer this question, send your anonymous email to our technique podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just made it weird. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be like, I don't know. Get some mouthwash. We'd have to discuss this a lot. <laughs> like No. No, I would no. No. Can, wait, wait. I want to describe the visual that I am watching cuz I see Jeff obviously thinking like based on the way your eyes are moving and <laughs> the raptor head movements. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh but then you like are very emphatically like no, no, I would not do that. And so I think you're still considering it. Like tonight, <laughs> late at night when uh Jeffy is, you know, still lying in bed. Yep. Getting a little handsy, <laughs> getting a little lonely. The uh, lactating mother cat pheromones or, you know, That's mixing That's in his nose. Um, he may be, he may choose differently. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. I like continuing on this line of temporal emergency contingency plans. Sure. Okay. What, what would you do in the event of temporal emergency, assuming that you knew I guess if you're like the one person that the universe is changing around, so somehow you know that. So if you're, if you're, uh, what are famous uh, fictional time travelers where that happens to Captain Picard and the last episode of Next Gen? Mm-hmm. Um, any any of the time travelers in H.G. Wells, right? Uh, Marty McFly. Um, I guess the Doctor would know. Uh, doctor would probably know. He folded. Um, but the H.G. Wells traveler, he never encounters himself. Right, but he's aware. Is it, does he ever alter the time stream, and is he aware of changes in um, the Doc Brown? He spends Brown's much more of his time speech. in the future than he does in the past. That's okay. true. I yeah. haven't read. Really it. I've never read any um, any um, books. I think they're called. I've not. <laughs> I don't know what those are. Yeah. Uh, other time travel. Oh, I I've talked about this one before. That ex president one, the one where okay. they they go back in time, and um, it's all revolving around like bill clinton like they have to go oh, that book yeah, yeah. Did you talk t- about that book on the show i i don't remember it's uh, i'm trying to okay the shortest way possible it's it's called president x and uh, it was set it was written like i think in the late 90s early 2000 early 2000 i think you're was, safe i think we've only talked about this at the coffee shop Keep okay going. and so it was written early 2000 right after clinton had been president and it was set about 20 30 years in the future so 2025 2030 and the premise was uh we were basically in a world war three and um there were different factions of course and um Basically, you find out that there is this uh, um, uh, uh, government agency that has been aware of time travel for some years, and they very seldom travel through time, but they have created a way to actually communicate back and forth through time, like time travel two-way radio sort of way thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so basically um this war was put into or the the escalation of this war came about because um if you remember during clinton's presidency he was um um they were starting to put a lot of new taxes on tobacco and everything to offset health care cost and so the idea was taxes rose so fast on cigarettes that the cigarette companies it was no longer profitable for them to sell here in the United States so they flipped and started aggressively selling overseas. And so after about 10 or 15 years of people smoking, cancer rates went went way up and you know, so all of these countries sued 
the United States because the United States, of course, because they were still giving tax breaks to the cigarette corporations, blah, blah, blah. They sued them in The Hague, like uh, the World Court, um, and 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 The Hague, uh, the, the World Court ruled in the other countries' favors, uh, which created a financial crisis, which then triggered this war. And so the idea was they needed to go back in time to change some of the legislation to avoid this devastating world war. But what happened was there was uh, – I'm trying to remember. There's a mistake that happens or – oh, that's what it is. They cannot – for some reason, the two-way radio, uh, because apparently the tech they have is Chinese. <laughs> and so because they're trying to communicate with the 1990s America and it's coming across as like a, a, a Chinese carrier wave or whatever is – um, they don't trust the intel that's coming through. So they have to go back to when Bill Clinton was like a teenager and get teenage Bill Clinton to go to the <laughs> 90s to tell President Bill Clinton so that he will believe they basically got to get him to tell himself to change this legislation to avoid this Which was this so easy to do because they were both stoned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was just it was just an amazing it was just a brilliantly told story there's all these clever things there's a guy that they have to leave behind in like 1960 when Bill Clinton or 50 I, I can't remember when Bill Clinton was in his teens but they have to leave somebody behind in their time traveling party and that guy ends up becoming James Carville who then is the person uh the campaign manager that helps get Clinton elected <laughs> And so it was just oh absolutely, it was absolutely brilliant. It was such a clever story. So one of, is it like one a of Chrono Trigger, uh, which is a which is a RPG made by the same company, makes Final Fantasy, uh, limited number of people in your party problem. Like you could, they can only bring so many people. So only so many people could time jump at a time. No, I think what it was was when they were back in the 1950s, 60s time. Something went wrong, and so somebody had to activate the device from the outside. And so oh, okay. So he volunteered, and that's why he got left in the past past. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Speaking of, if you've not played Chrono Trigger, it is an awesome game. It's an old Super Nintendo game that I really like, which was also about time travel and changing the past and the future, but in like this fantasy, uh, uh, Final Fantasy kind of style setting. And it was really cool because uh, it had all of these multiple endings, depending on what, when in history you beat the game and how far along you, you were and what party members you had and all this. Like, it had more endings than I could shake a stick at, and it was a game that was released in, like, uh, 96, I think, or something like that, um, which was pretty impressive, I think, at, at the time to, to create that much of a branching storyline in a game that was already really pretty deep, which I yeah. enjoyed. Cool. Um, but I digress. I think we're all digressing because we're uh, here. Let's let's turn this a little bit. Um, okay. okay, so uh, time travel, and so the idea. Let's just throw that question out there: If time travel were possible, and we could go back and tell our younger selves something, um, okay, everything. Yeah, I would destroy <laughs> you want, you the want rest to pick an of age? the world okay. to try and get a few pieces of key advice to a younger Aaron. What What would you say? What would be uh, and let's say you had limited a uh, duration, like whatever the time hold the loop. You've got five minutes to talk to your younger self. What are you going to convey? Ooh. <laughs> um, I think a lot of it would be about picking a couple of things and really digging in a little bit earlier and a little bit longer 
through classes wise where I would I kept this is hard right now. I'm never going to want to be able to do this anyway. So why am I practicing the piano or karate or gymnastics or, you know, just I sort of went through the, the Rolodex and just never stayed on anything until college. Um, and I feel like if I had a worked a skill set more steadily earlier, a I would be more adept at some of the things I do and B, have a bit more discipline when approaching new skill sets now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And just helping find some of the... Uh, or maintaining. There was a period when I was just confident about doing and creating, and then I let it all get beat out of me, and... I had to rediscover all of that. And if I could somehow convey that it's all going to come back and, and don't, you know, don't reset to zero to try and be cool um, and not do the things you want to be doing. That's information I would mm -hmm. want to have had. Cool. And I was unofficially timing you. You were under the five minute mark. So well done, Aaron. <laughs> that is a message that you could convey to your younger self. Um, okay. And so now Jeff and I have had the opportunity to think a little bit more. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead, Jeff. Um, oh, okay. I think I would, I would definitely tell my younger self, stick with ballet. Like, mm -hmm. no matter, you get good at that. Like, that is one of my biggest regrets is dropping out of that at about the age of, uh, I think it was 12. And then getting back into it was hard. Um, and it's, you know, I don't do it at all anymore. So I would definitely say stick with ballet. It will serve you so well later on in life. Um, the other thing I would say is uh, be confident. Um, love yourself. Be confident um, because you are smarter <laughs> and you are a better person than 88% of the population out there. Um, and, and I, and I don't want to say that, ugh, you know, I, I get to be a little bit egotistical here. I'm talking to myself. Sure. I mean, what, how, how much more, I think, I think you're entitled to be, but you still got a time limit. Go, go, go. Sure. Um, and so I would say, yeah, I would say, love yourself. Um, be confident. You're better than a lot of the people that you will encounter. Um, I would say be braver, take bigger chances, uh, step out, travel more, do more things when you are younger because it gets harder the older you get. Um, and I would say no matter what people out there, uh, no matter which people out there violate your trust, um, you, you should fight, uh, you should fight, uh, for, finding that trust in other people or 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 more openly trusting other people uh, i think that makes sense you mm -hmm. don't it would to him and that's it would the probably makes sense to you yeah <laughs> it, it would it would i think it would um so you know even though people are going to let you down don't don't uh don't rearrange your life you because of it <laughs> mm. yeah um i guess i okay that was good i would sit myself down i would say self um, I would say play guitar more, play guitar sooner, relax about girls. Oh, my hosts are home. <laughs> That's not what I would say to my five-year-old self. I'm just saying uh, <laughs> that my hosts are home right now. So I guess, I don't know if we keep doing the show or not. I heard the door. Through the door. Keep going, keep going. We, it's fine. Oh, okay, okay. Let's say hello. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we have to pause. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I'd say hey Adam. to Marty. <laughs> I'll I'll say hey. She can't hear me. All right, she can't I'm hear waving. you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, keep going. Old uh, Jeff, okay. talk to five year old Jeff. All right. Okay. Okay. I would say, I would say, play guitar sooner. I would say, play guitar in front of people sooner. I would say, relax about girls. I would say, um. Let your brother go quicker. I second all these motions. <laughs> and uh, I, my brain's gone. Whatever else I would say is stuff. That's okay. Right. So. All right, cool, cool. Um, all right. Well, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. If you've uh-huh. been playing this little intellectual exercise at home, guess what? It's not too late. You, <gasps> you can still us. do. I know. You can still do a lot of those <laughs> things right now. <laughs> Jeffrey cannot worry so much about girls. Aaron, you can go to Italy and focus on that one thing for two years and become awesome at it. And um, you're going to slap on that unitard. And I'm going to slap. It would be very, okay. Can I focus on the trust? Can I focus on the trust one? <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Take the easy way out. <laughs> All right. If time travel was a usable tool. Mm hmm. How would it be used by artists? Irresponsibly is my first thought. Well, sure, but in a more specific sense, how would an artist capitalize on creating with time travel? Yeah. That's a hard help the beginning of a lot of my writing because I could go ahead and pull the things at the end, (laughs) although I write out of sequence anyway, as is. But so but I isn't that time travel a bit the, the, right. th- throwing it out there for artists? Because one of the thing I my understanding of what artistry is is sometimes embracing the natural flaws that come up, like in in the writing process or the challenges. And I think if you knew those things at the beginning, it you know what See, I mean. Like it's, I'm not I'm not really saying you know, how could you cheat with time travel to create art. Okay. I'm saying, would there be time installation pieces, like where you went to the Civil War uh, and hid an, an iMac in a Civil War battle scene and, okay. wa- and you know recorded that in holographic form to play in the future? Or would okay. you do it the other way? And- I, missed, I missed that iMac update. Wait a minute. <laughs> I need to go apply my software updates. I missed no. the time travel plug-in. No, no, no there's a, a time machine button on here. On the back. <laughs> oh, okay. It, well, it has a place to I plug in the, a flux uh, capacitor. I've never actually had uh, one. But. Oh, I see. You probably have to like get extended Apple Care for that, though. Wow. Re- retroactively extendable to previous <laughs> centuries. That's the only way it could work, though, right? <laughs> okay, so if it's covering okay. everything, <laughs> yeah. Not, not. How would you use time travel okay. to create art? Unless you've got an answer for that. But how would oh, you okay. create okay. art of time travel? How would that okay. change things? How would you? be able to create um i would uh take people to maybe different battles and we would collect rubble and we would make a beautiful mosaic once we return to the present day oh that's good and so it would be sort of a mosaic of rubble of all of these different uh battles throughout history well while we're talking battles maybe you could superimpose uh different soldiers from different battles from different eras onto uh a field 
where there is a potential conflict brewing. Are you are you stealing humans from the timeline and bringing them to your art installation? No, I was recording them holographically with my apparently awesome iMac. Now I would want to steal humans. No, from no, the, the timeline iMac wasn't creating the holograph. You steal humans in general. Wait, I want to steal humans from the timeline and make like a dream cast of like Othello or Macbeth or something. Ah. Because the thing is, if you stole, yeah, if you took like an Edwin Booth or an actor from the 1800s or 1600s or what have you. Chances are, even if you took him back and he was ranting and raving about that, most people would just kind of laugh it off and be like, oh, silly actor. actor. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Most of them wouldn't tell, and those that would would be thought artists. Yes. And the others would die of whatever future contagions had inhabited their (laughs) not ready for it (laughs) biospheres. Whatever. We could give them some sort of booster shot. I know. We're we're talking about harmless time travel, right? Somehow, yes, everything comes out all right in the right, end. Right, right. What if you went yeah. back through different periods and left a piece of, basically, you know, a piece of the installation, a piece of the image, so that when you looked backwards through time, you could see this uh, complete imagery or or arc of something, you know, so that, like, mm-hmm. you snuck into every major historic photo that makes it into, like, every freaking history textbook. And you left mm-hmm. one more piece of of the. You talking about photobombing history? Yeah, books? basically. I don't. Hmm, that'd be cool. I don't know. You've got me really wanting to investigate further the time machine icon on my Mac here on the menu bar. <laughs> like I'm thinking, it's not just about backing up files anymore. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure nobody ever clicks it. Like almost. Or maybe nobody my ever Evernote is actually like forever note. <laughs> what there if, you what go. If, How would you do it as an app developer? Oh. <laughs> send send those sticky notes back to yourself. What if, okay, so with the time travel, we're able to create, like, I guess, what, wormholes, portals, time fields or something? Yes. Is that is that true? Sure. Ish? I guess since we're just talking. Um, I like it. What if you created, like, this time bubble around, like, say, and I guess it would have to be, like, a piece of stonework or, or, or quartz or something a little more sturdy, but, like, if it um, was all rusty and gnarly and decayed back in the past but as we went forward in the future it like got newer <laughs> so instead of the reverse of what like a lot of like outdoor sculpture does where it gets the patina or it breaks down or whatever mm-hmm. this one because we create this like little warp bubble around it it would actually improve and like be in like anti time reverse entropy in an isolated field yes that's, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that's such a cleaner way to say it thank you Aaron <laughs> I would reverse entropy that. <laughs> I like that. In an isolated field. Buy your new computers yesterday. <laughs> God, that would make keeping up to date with, <laughs> with my computers easier. Software updates would be a bitch. Because mm, they'd be you like, like to retroactively apply this update. <laughs> yeah. It'd oh, be man, like, but then... But then, like, you go back and, like, your boss from 10 years ago will get so mad at you because you could have uh, sent in that spreadsheet earlier because you retroactively applied the uh, new word update so that uh, it was actually way zippier back in the day. Anyway. That was a, wow. okay. digression that was a upon Google digression. April Fool's joke one year. Um, oh, yeah. That you could I remember that, yeah. T- reverse timestamp things backwards into people's mailboxes. <laughs> but, like, Speaking it would actually of... get there when you timestamped it and they just had missed it. Speaking of I got a weird email that was a someone trying to unemail me. Speaking of email and time travel. Okay. What I literally Explain. got an email that was saying some so and so would like to 
I forgot the language they used. Uh, redact. Re, re, it was basically like they would like to take back that email they sent. <laughs> and it's a Microsoft Exchange feature that only works with other people using Microsoft Exchange servers. Okay, I have heard of that then. I remember way, uh, way back on AOL, you could unsend emails if it hadn't been opened yet. Which makes sense because I oh gosh I forgot all about that wow well that makes sense though because AOL was a closed network right. and it makes sense with Microsoft Exchange because that would be a closed network um, yeah. it doesn't work with it wouldn't work with things like Pop and stuff like that but just generally if you would like to unsend an email <laughs> you can't <laughs> now there is okay I hear the nerds they're crying there is one thing you can do which is kind of like unsending an email what's that but it uh, works. There's a Google Labs plugin thing that you can install called uh, Undo Send. And what it does is not time travel wizardry, <laughs> all right? Um, what it does is it delays the sending of your message for either one or five minutes. I can't remember. I think just one minute. You might be able to adjust it. But with Undo Send, you hit Send, and then it, a little thing shows up, says your message has been sent. Undo which means it has not been sent yet. <laughs> they should just call that app drunk text. <laughs> but then it would have to hold 24 or drunk hours. drunk chat. <laughs> long enough to sober up. Oh, man, I bet if people could time travel, they'd undo a whole bunch of Snapchats. <laughs> <laughs> Banquo. <laughs> Banquo. Uh, well, we uh, do not, unfortunately, this week have more time. I think uh, we are going to have to move on to sign-offs. All right. Because it is about that time. Um, uh, I am the once and future Jeff. <laughs> I'm Aaron, and I recorded this sign-off next week. Oh. <laughs> See, I was going to say, uh, my name's Adam, and I already gave my sign-off at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> 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 what would that sign-off be? Nice. Okay. I dare somebody to play that backwards. <laughs> See what the <laughs> hell I said. If you know what, because I don't said, know. Email our technique <laughs> podcast. At you know, I have the, we have the power to do that. We All do. Right. Oh. Goodbye, internet. Goodbye, internet. The king is dead. Long live Stop the king. Recording right now. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> <laughs>